It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. Welcome back, all of you D-heads, all my Disney friends, to another magical installment of Disney Blue's Disney On Demand. And this week, for show number 13, we have all kinds of fun as we open up our doors every single week to your lifetime of Disney that is inside your homes every single day of your life, beyond just the parks, on the TV, in the movies, and all the different ways that you grew up with Disney inside your home every single week. And for show number 13, we're going to bounce on down to the 100 Acre Woods, we're going to go on over to the bayou, and we're going to look out for that crime fighter of Darkwing Duck, because we have none other than the one, the only... Jim Cummings stopping in here this week on Disney On Demand. That's right, all of you D-heads. We have the one and only Jim Cummings, the voice of Winnie the Pooh, the voice of Tigger, the deep-seated, dark and mean one, Pete, as well as the crime fighter himself, Darkwing Duck, and many other voices that Jim Cummings has done over the years, including the ever-lovable Ray from Princess and the Frog. So we're going to have Jim Cummings stopping in very shortly here on Disney On Demand, and we have all kinds of fun this week. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in as we have returned for 2012. All of you Disney friends out there, my family, my extended magical Disney family out there, you guys welcomed us back with open arms last week with our return show in 2012. And I want to thank you for that. It is because of you that we're going to be bringing these to you every single week, having some fun and, you know, bringing Disney into your homes with the voices, the actors, the talent, and all the people that make the Disney magic happen for those memories that you pass on down to your children, those memories of growing up with your parents, and maybe just those fun times of sitting there singing along to your favorite Disney musical. So all you D-heads, as we get ready to bounce all around with Tigger, have a little bit of fun. We have all kinds of things lined up for this week's show, so I'll quit my talking and let's head on down to the bayou as we officially kick off show number 13 for Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. I'll be right back, all of my Disney friends. All right, Lulu, let's get to it, darling. Come on, shout. Just follow the bouncing butt. We're going to take you down, we're going to take you down, we're going to take you all the way down.
Super Spring worked great, D.W. But, uh, what's the plan for when we come down? <laughs> Suck gas! Unconscious evil, never mind. And that was the scene downtown tonight as the enigmatic caped crime fighter Darkwing Duck once again save the citizens of St. Canard from the insidious clutches of crime. Next on Canard Copy, a searing profile of Merriweather, the world-renowned cockroach mime. Now appearing at the St. Canard Center for the Arts after this. Way cool! That was awesome! Oh, well, it was really nothing. What do you mean? It was incredible! I've never seen anything like it! Do you really think so? I mean, I was good, sure, but really... Dad, I'm talking about Bianca Binkley. She's my idol. I want to be a newscaster just like her. Oh, her. Yeah, I guess she was okay. Oh, <laughs> don't worry, D.W. This doesn't mean you can't be her idol, too. Yeah, she's probably just going through a phase. On the other hand, she is top of the news heap here in St. Canard. And she's incredibly rich, beautiful, and brilliant. Uh, gee, uh, maybe you should be worried. Well, thank you for sharing.
this is Michael Leon Woolley, the voice of Lewis the Alligator. Hallelujah! And you're listening to Disney On Demand. I'm going to Disney World. Yes, you can too. With Diz On Demand on Live365.com. Enjoy our virtual Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Hollywood Studios, and more as you enjoy the parks once more in order from start to finish. Full attractions, parades, loops, and more. So, say it with me. I'm going to Disney World with Diz On Demand on Live365.com. All right, all of my Disney friends, so I'm back. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. We have all kinds of fun as we're preparing for the one and only Jim Cummings stopping in here at Disney On Demand. I am super excited for this. It is going to be fun. I mean, seriously, his character acting, his voice acting talents, I mean, you hear him everywhere that it's, it's just amazing. I'm giddy inside. And I'm excited to have the one and only Jim Cummings stopping in very shortly. Now, before we go into a couple of other fun things, I do want to give you something that I didn't give you last week. And it's all the different ways that you can communicate with Disney On Demand all over the web. Now, first and foremost, you can always find us on the web at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. Now, there you can find all of our past shows from 2010, 2012, all the Disney On Demand podcasts, our world-famous Lifetime of Disney player, where you can listen to over 300 Disney titles of all the films, television shows, and everything, not just the music. You can sit there and actually listen to these while you're working at work and all kinds of fun at DizRadio.com. Now, in addition, you can always find us all over the web as well in the social media networks on Twitter at Twitter.com slash DisneyBlue, and that's B-L-U. You can also find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash DisneyBlue, and we officially started a show Facebook page as well, so please head on over there, like us, and that's Facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can also find us on iTunes and all over the web, so definitely check us out, connect with us, and you can also talk to us on our Magical Memories voicemail hotline. That is definitely the way to contact us, connect with us, and have some fun and hear yourself here on the show. We encourage you to call in your favorite Disney memories, maybe have your kids call in, and you can hear yourselves here on the show on Disney On Demand. Just go to DizRadio.com, click the Talk to Us link, and you can find that voicemail line right there and drop us a line, comments, feedback, questions. Maybe you want to join up and be part of the show, or just call in your favorite Disney memory, um, your favorite guests, who you want to hear about, or maybe that one Disney memory that just touches you in that one special way, and you can hear it here on the show. So those are all the different ways that you can contact us here at Disney Blues Disney On Demand. Now, before I get into even a couple other things, let's talk about, of course, some DVDs and Blu-rays that are hitting the scene and everything that has been coming out over the last couple of months from February all the way through April. Now, if you haven't had a chance, definitely check out the Disney Mickey Mouse Clubhouse I Heart Mini. Now, that is definitely one you want to check out. If you have children that are smaller, younger, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse is definitely fun. And I'm sure we're going to touch upon that with Jim Cummings here on the show as he voices the one and only Pete. Now, you can also pick up the Lady and the Tramp Diamond Edition Blu-ray. Now, this is a Blu-ray edition that you need to pick up. It is phenomenal. The transfer, the color, the interactivity is awesome. If you've had any other Lady on the Tramp DVD, the Blu-ray is going to blow it out of the water in terms of the transfer. And this one is going to the vault very soon, so you need to get in on this one as soon as you possibly can. 
Now also throughout March, there was the Lion King 1.5 that you were able to get on Blu-ray and DVD. Lion King 2 Simba's Pride, which is a rare direct-to-DVD sequel that I honestly have to say is, uh, it is definitely unique and fun. And a little fun fact about Jim Cummings that I don't know if I'm going to bring it up or not. When Jeremy Irons actually lost his voice when he got really tired and sick while he was recording the song Be Prepared, Jim Cummings stepped in and finished that as Scar. So most of that song that you're going to hear is actually Jim Cummings singing the voice of Scar. Now you can also check out The Muppets, which recently was announced that Muppets 2 is going into production, and I think The Muppets was a fantastic relaunch to the franchise. The Blu-ray is awesome. It's a great, fun family film that you need to check out. Jake and the Neverland Pirates with Peter Pan Returns. Now for the longest time, my two boys were always asking, when is Peter Pan going to visit with Jake? I mean, they're on Neverland. They have pixie dust. They have all kinds of things. When is Peter Pan going to get into this? And They are very excited that now the digital copy and the DVD is available for Jake and the Neverland Pirates with Peter Pan Returns. A great way to introduce Peter Pan once again to the franchise. And you got to have that ever-lovable Captain Hook. And we had the pleasure of speaking with the voice of Captain Hook, Corey Burton, back on show number four. So if you haven't had a chance, definitely go back and listen to that one. Corey was a fantastic guest. Now, there's a variety of other things that are going to be hitting the scene, including Newsies 20th Anniversary Edition coming out in June. That's right, officially getting a Blu-ray release for Newsies. Now, I love this musical. It is fantastic. It's fun. It's whimsical. I mean, I just listened to it the other day in our Lifetime of Disney Player on DizRadio.com, and, you know, I'm sitting there at work, and it was just fantastic. I loved it. It was great. And you know what? Getting a Blu-ray release doesn't come with better timing because you have Newsies on Broadway, which is just going to be fantastic when it starts to tour the country. And, believe it or not, we have one of the stars of Newsies on Broadway stopping in here on Disney On Demand in the next two weeks. That's right. We're talking with him next week. We're going to get everything in order and actually bring a little bit of that Newsies Broadway magic to hear on Disney On Demand. So those are just a couple of different things that are hitting the front runner right now in the Blu-ray and DVD releases and that Disney that is in your home every single week. Now jumping a little bit forward as we prepare for the one and only Jim Cummings here this week, let's talk about one of the voices that he voices. That sounds a little redundant, but let's talk about one of the voices that he does and Pete. Now Pete is definitely one of the best, darkest, uh, not darkest, darkest for Disney I guess, some fun, and he adds that friction between Mickey Mouse and him, and Pete, also called Pegleg Pete, and Black Pete, among many other names, was the cartoon character that was created in 1925 by Walt Disney and Ub Iwerks. And he gained a lot of notoriety during 1992 to 2000 when he appeared as part of the Goof Troop franchise. He also appeared in a variety of Alice Solves a Puzzle in the original Alice comedies back in 1925. Now, Pete has appeared in over 40 animated films between 1925 and 1954, being featured in the Alice comedies, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, and later in Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, Goofy Cartoons, and a variety of others. Now, Pete has been typecast as a villain, but he does have that versatility just to be that lovable yet hateable neighbor that you have and recently on mickey mouse clubhouse he's just kind of that guy that just gets under your skin now you know i'm not going to give you too much about pete because if you're listening to this you already love pete you hate pete you you know pete and i gotta say i think pete is great but how about a little bit of fun facts what do they call pete in germany they call him cater carlo and cater signifies a male cat in hebrew it's pete ha and i hope i pronounced that right In Hungary, he's just Pete. 
Now in Indonesia, he's also known as Boris. In Japan, he's Pito. And in Mexico, he's Pedro El Melo, and I hope I didn't destroy that, which means Peter the Evil. In the Netherlands, he's Boris Boef, which means Boris Crook. And in Spain, he's Pete Patapalo, which means Peg Leg Pete. And how about one more here? How about in Yugoslavia, he's called Hrame Daba. Just a couple of different fun Pete facts there for you. So, as I continue to ramble on here at Disney On Demand, we have all kinds of fun as we're gearing up more for Jim Cummings stopping in very shortly. We have all kinds of fun on the horizon, and you haven't heard of the last of me here this week, so I'll be popping in a little bit more. So why don't we kick back to the DJ, have some fun tunes as we gear up for our, the one and only Jim Cummings stopping in here. And uh, you know all of you Disney friends, you know, I gotta say thank you once again. It's because of you that Disney On Demand has been brought back. So, you know, keep it going, keep it magical, and keep Disney inside your homes every single week. I'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Enjoy some music and uh, cue it up, DJ. Let's have some fun. Be back in a bit, all of you D-heads. Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. <laughs> I love to laugh <laughs> loud and long and clear. <laughs> I love to laugh <laughs> It's getting worse every year <laughs> The more I laugh <laughs> The more I fill with glee <laughs> And the more the glee <laughs> The more I'm a merrier me <laughs> It's embarrassing <laughs> The more I'm a merrier me <laughs> Some people laugh through their noses Sounding something like this <laughs> Dreadful Some people laugh through their teeth, goodness sakes Hissing and fizzing like snakes <laughs> Not at all attractive to my way of thinking Some laugh too fast <laughs> Some only blast Others, they twitter like birds. <laughs> you know, you're as bad as he is. Then there's a kind what can't make up their mind. <laughs> when things strike me as funny, I can hide it inside and squeak. <laughs> as the squeakers do. <laughs> I got to let go with a hoe <laughs> and a <laughs> We love to laugh <laughs> loud and long and clear. <laughs> we love to laugh <laughs> so everybody can hear. <laughs> Consider yourself pounced. 
Well, that was a close call there, Pooh Bear. This guy, and I'm talking to you. He was sneaking up on you. You would, you. Oh, a slippery little devil, eh? Get back here. Oh, you know you're too scared. Come Well, I must have scared him off. Um, Tigger? Uh, yes, my good man. Would you... Yo! Why, you! Here, take some of that! What is this? Oh, oh really? Stick it to me now! This isn't working out the way I was hoping! I'll make him go away! Oh, Get him off of me! Is he still there? Oh, yes. He's still here. And I think he wants to stick with you. On demand. I suppose you want a kiss. Kissing would be nice, yes? <laughs> I am Prince Navin. I'm Maldonia. Prince? I was cursed by a dastardly witch doctor. One minute I am a prince, charming and handsome, cutting a rug, and then the next thing I know, I'm tripping over these. Everyone thinks they know the story of the princess and the frog. You must kiss me. Excuse me? Please, princess. It will make me human again. Just... one kiss. Unless you beg for more. But no one knows what happened after the kiss. Until now. How did you get way up there? And how did I get way down here and all this... This holiday season, 
in the tradition of Walt Disney's most beloved classics. <laughs> Comes the story behind the most magical kiss the world has ever known. Disney Pictures, The Princess and the Frog. Come, we pucker. That's new. Hey there, all of my Disney family and friends, all of you D-heads, we're back once again, and I hope you're enjoying this week's show with all kinds of fun and tunes as we gear up for the one and only, the man of many voices, Jim Cummings, stopping in very shortly. The lines are beeping here. I know he's waiting patiently for us to patch him on in. So before we do that, let's just get into a little bit of fun. That's right, let's give you a little bit of history. And Jim Cummings is one of the many people who now has passed on the voice of the one and only Winnie the Pooh. But how did Winnie the Pooh get started? Well, during the First World War, troops from Winnipeg, Canada, were being transported to eastern Canada on their way overseas to Europe where they should join the 2nd Canadian Infantry Brigade. When the train stopped at White River, Ontario, a lieutenant called Harry Colburn bought a small female black bear cub for $20 from a hunter who had killed its mother. He named her Winnipeg after his hometown of Winnipeg, or Winnie for short. Now Winnie became the mascot of the brigade and went to Britain with the unit. Now when the brigade was posted to the battlefield of France, Lieutenant Colburn took Winnie to the London Zoo for a long loan. Formally, Colburn presented the London Zoo with Winnie in December of 1919, where it became very popular as a very popular attraction until Winnie passed away in 1934. Now the bear was also very popular by Christopher Robin, the son of the popular author A.A. It was his favorite at the zoo and he often spent time inside the cage with it, which I just think is crazy nowadays in today's society, hanging out in a cage with a bear. But the bear was Christopher Robin's inspiration for calling it his own teddy bear, Winnie at home. Now Winnie the Pooh, this teddy bear that started out with the name of Edward Bear, ended up becoming the one and only Winnie the Pooh. Now the name of Pooh originally belonged to a swan, as it can be seen in a poem by A.A. early on when we were very young. Now there was a series of books that were written about Winnie the Pooh and his son Christopher Robin and their friends at the Hundred Acre Wood. Now among these other characters were Eeyore, Piglet, Tigger, Kangaroo, and many other stuffed animals that belonged to Christopher Robin. Now Winnie the Pooh was published on October 14, 1926, and the verses, Now We Are Six in 1927, and The House at Pooh Corner in 1928. Yes, the same year that our beloved Mickey Mouse was born. Now, all these books were illustrated in a beautiful way by E.H. Shepard, which made the books even more magical. Now, the Pooh books became very popular with old people and young alike, and they've been translated in almost every known language. Now, there's been a variety of these that have been sold over 20 million copies. Now, the Pooh books have been very favorite of Walt Disney's daughters, and it inspired Disney to bring the Pooh to film in 1966, and in 1977, The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. The first full-length feature animated film of Pooh was released. In 1993, the Walt Disney Company acknowledged Pooh Bear is second only to Mickey Mouse in their portfolio of the most loved and trusted characters known to millions of people around the world. Now, there has been a variety of different Pooh characters over the years, a variety of series, including my friends Tigger and Pooh, and all kinds of different great 80s and 90s cartoons. There was also Welcome to Pooh Corner and a variety of fantastic Disney classics. 
that went on to the years. I mean, seriously, these books, along with Disney, were made to go together like no other. And that brings us back to Jim Cummings, because not only is Jim Cummings the voice of the one and only beloved bear Winnie the Pooh, he is also the voice of the one and only, the crazy, the bouncy, the one and only Tigger. <laughs> Which I probably don't even sound close to it, but hey, I had to try. Now, aside from just Winnie the Pooh and Tigger and all those fun characters, let's talk about another rare character that Jim had done that I just think is phenomenal, and that of Darkwing Duck. Yes, back in the 90s with the Disney Afternoon, which I just think was a fantastic block that they need once again for children in today's society, Darkwing Duck tells the adventures of a superhero aided by his sidekick, Launchpad McQuack, and his second identity of Drake Mallard. He lives in the suburban house while his adopted daughter, Goslin, and he is next door to the bafflingly dim-witted Muddlefoot family. Now, Darkwing struggles to balance between being craving for fame and also just being a secret crime fighter. It is definitely a great production. It originally kicked off back in 1991 and ran for a variety of seasons, and it was just awesome. I mean, I love this show. The production was initially developed as a spin-off for the successful DuckTales series, which is why Launchpad McQuack was in it. And Darkwing Duck entered the production roughly one year after DuckTales had ended. Now, Darkwing Duck was inspired by a specific episode of DuckTales called Double O Duck, starring Launchpad McQuack as a secret agent. Tad Stones directed it and came up with a series around the premise. Now, this was just fantastic. I think Darkwing Duck needs to come back, and he is awesome. He is right up there along with Doc Savage, Batman, the Green Hornet, all kinds of great superheroes, and I think he was just awesome for the Disney television series. So these are just a couple of different characters that Jim Cummings has done, including the most beloved Ray. Now, Ray was the ever-loving Firefly from Princess and the Frog, and a while back here in Disney On Demand, we actually talked with Michael Leon Woolley, the voice of Louis the Alligator, one of my favorites because he's based off of one of my favorite musicians, Louis Armstrong. And, you know, Lewis and Ray worked so perfect together. That little Cajun Firefly, you were so heartfelt for him. The believability, the love, and, you know, in the end days when he had to go and finally meet up with Evangeline, you really fell for it. And he just brought Ray to life in Princess and the Frog, a great return to Disney animation and musicals. So with that said, as the lights are flashing here, all of you Disney friends, I'm going to step down for a minute. Grab a drink, rest up my throat, and when I come back, we have the one and only Jim Cummings here on the line on Disney On Demand. So hang on, put on your ears a little bit of bibbidi-bobbidi-boo, and start reliving those Disney magic memories and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney because we're bringing Jim Cummings to you in just a couple of minutes. Be right back, all of you D-heads. You grab an oar, 
you can rose to the other side It's gonna take all hands to come up with a plan So hit the deck, mate, and keep your weather eye open wide Gangway for me and my mates, cause nothing's gonna get in our way And him chewing our ears off from that pulpit. We gotta have roast chicken, though. I'm glad of that. Are you gonna start that all over again? Glad this, glad that. What is all this glad business you talk about? Oh, just a game I play. What kind of a game? A game my father taught me. Helps sometimes. Helps what? When things aren't going so well. That reverend. <laughs> away from the peas. Folks just away. hate the coming of Sunday because of him. Do you know why I hate Sunday? Because it means the starting of another week. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's when you can play the glad game. Here it comes. Miss Goody Two-Shoes is going to find something about Sunday to be glad about. Oh, lay off her, Angie. Oh, stop it. If you knew how to play the game, then you could find something to be glad about, too. But you don't. Huh? <laughs> All right, Miss Smarty Pants. What's so good about Sunday? Well, there's always something. Uh. You'll be glad because... Well, because what? Because it will be six whole days before Sunday comes around again. Huh? <laughs> 
Hey, D-heads, when you aren't enjoying Disney On Demand, head on over to DizRadio.com and listen to our famous Lifetime of Disney Player, where you can while away the hours reliving Disney classics from film, television, and the parks. What are you waiting for? Keep your hands and arms inside at all times and go to DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. And have a magical day. Oh, uh, glad to meet you. Name Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That's spelled Tigger. The wonderful thing about Tiggers is Tigger the wonderful thing. The tops are made of the rubber. The bottoms are made of the spring. The bouncy, trouncy, flouncy, pouncy, fun, 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 fun. But the most wonderful things about Tiggers is I'm the only one. The wonderful thing about Tiggers is Tiggers the wonderful chaps. They're loaded with vim and with finger. They love to leap in your lap. They jumpy, bumpy, clumpy, thumpy, fun, 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 fun. But the most wonderful things about Tiggers is I'm the only one. Tiggers are cuddly fellas. Tiggers are awfully sweet. Everyone else is jealous. And that's why I repeat, oh, the wonderful thing about Tiggers is Tiggers are wonderful things. The tops are made of the rubber, the bottoms are made of the spring. The bouncy, trouncy, fancy, pouncy, fun, 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 fun. But the most wonderful things about Tiggers is I'm the only one. Cheerio! <laughs> Tigger the cuddly fellas, Tigger the roughly sweet, everyone else is jealous, and that's why I repeat, oh, the wonderful things about Tiggers, is Tiggers are wonderful things, the tops are made of the rubber, the bottom the made of the spring, the bouncy, trouncy, flouncy, pouncy, fun, 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 but the most wonderful things about Tiggers is I'm the only one, I'm the only one. Lights, camera, action. It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, we're back with another installment here of Disney On Demand. And this week, as we continue bringing you all the voices and the people that bring the magic into your homes every single week, we have none other than Jim Cummings with us here this week here on Disney On Demand. You've known him in such classics as Aladdin, The Lion King, Princess and the Frog, and, of course, as Winnie the Pooh and Tigger. Uh, welcome to Disney On Demand, Jim. Well, thank you. What a nice intro. I'll, I'll take it. Hey, nice nice place you have here. <laughs> it's our pleasure having you on. I mean, like I said, it is an honor to have you on. I mean, uh, you're a Disney legend when it comes to voice work. Oh, well, I don't, gosh, I don't, I'm, I'm uh, semi-speechless, so I, I <laughs> we got to fix that. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you. Well, we'll just jump right into, I guess, the first and foremost. I mean, you've been doing voice acting work forever, and, um, you know, when it comes to Disney, uh, I guess that just brings us back to 1988 as the voice of Winnie the Pooh. So I guess let's let's use that as a starting point here. Uh, Sterling Holloway was the original Pooh, because uh, all the people listening right now, they're going to jump right uh, on you right in two seconds, so I'll save you from that. It was <laughs> Sterling Holloway, and uh, of course, Paul Winchell was the original Tigger. But uh, but yes, it was uh, it was many moons ago. I was very very honored then, and I still am to this day. I I thank God and every you know every, every day that I, I get to be here doing something that uh, you know. First of all, I would I would do it for free, and it's the, and also it's the stuff that used to get me kicked out of class as a kid. So uh, so it worked out, you know. <laughs> Right, you know, I mean, and when it came down to that, I mean, did you ever think that uh, uh, doing voice acting work, I guess, going way back, uh, what made you realize, I want to be a voice actor? I guess, let's let's start at the beginning there, and uh, uh, what made you realize, you know what, this this is a viable career, this is what I love to do, and, uh, you know, led you down that path? Yes, well, I, you know, as a kid, I was always... Uh... 
I always enjoyed being in plays, and uh, and I enjoyed music. I enjoyed singing, and uh, you know, I was a, a drummer. Uh, am a drummer, you know, and uh, and I guess all those uh, early plays and early, you know, little skits and everything I did, even in grade school and back at the the playhouse, and uh, I was born in Youngstown, Ohio. Uh, you know, I was accidentally doing kind of research, I guess, for my career, uh, and not, you know, I always kind of had it in the in the somewhere between the back burner and the front burner that I was uh, going to going to do this because I. Uh, I can remember seeing uh, Mel Blanc on the old Jack Benny show and realizing that, uh, you know, that, that he was the guy who did Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck. And then, of course, Paul Winchell was uh, the original Tigger, and he had he he did all these voices. He had the, the Jerry Mahoney show, uh, Paul Winchell, Jerry Mahoney show. And I thought, gosh, you know, uh, these guys are doing things that get me into trouble, you know. <laughs> so, but I guess if you do it well enough, uh, you can get out of trouble and uh and, and do it professionally and you know when like I say when I was a kid doing all the plays and everything instead of being the uh you know wanting to to audition for the little prince i'd I'd rather be the sorcerer or the wizard or uh, even the bad guy because it seemed like it was a juicier role and um you know they had a little more fun uh and I guess uh, I, you know I inadvertently was uh, kind of doing research um for my future career, you know, all the various characters, because I, I always think of it as rather than doing voices, uh, you know, it's, it's an acting job and, and you're really doing characters who just so happen to have different voices and different aspects and, and, uh, and interesting voices. It's, it's, you're, you're an actor who is performing characters who have interesting voices. You're not just doing voices. If that makes sense. Oh, definitely. I think that's uh, that's a good way to look at it. You know, it's uh, it's a way to really expand that. Really, I look look at it in a different light, different angle than just hey, I'm a guy who does voices. Oh yeah, yeah. You're 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 a character actor, and uh, who just so happens to tack on an interesting voice to the the characters that you're portraying. You know, I I couldn't uh, I probably couldn't play a ten foot tall Martian in real life, but. I could I could swing it on a, in an animated show. That's for sure. <laughs> now uh, I guess starting off with uh, you know your career at Disney and you know going with Winnie the Pooh and later on uh, you know doing Tigger as well. Um, you, you know even though uh, Winchell did Tigger, you know occasionally back and forth through through the years. I guess how does it feel to take on a character uh, that? Uh, you know, has already been portrayed by somebody else and, and filling those steps. And also, has there been a, a chance for you to kind of, you know, weed your way into it and make it your own? Because I feel the same way with, you know, uh, the different various Mickey Mouses and things like that, where everyone always brings their own little flair to the character and, and makes it their own at the same time, keeping up with that that legacy and the character that everybody adores and loves. Oh, sure. Yeah, well, well, you know, job one is uh, when you're doing an established character, you have to make sure you, you sound like the guy. You have to, you know, uh, you know, Pooh can't show up and, and sound like uh, the Tasmanian Devil. He's got to sound like Winnie the Pooh uh, that that uh, people were familiar with originally, and and that's true of any character, uh, Pooh or Tigger or or Taz for that matter. But uh, that's job one. But at that point, um, you know, you really do have to put, move forward and, and kind of make it your own. And and I've uh, I I know that I've done that. Uh, down through the years, that's for sure. Uh, certainly with Tigger, I I tend to ad lib a lot, and 
and uh, throw in a few new expressions here and there. You, you know, you don't want to. You, you, the trick is you have to strike the balance between being true to the character and honoring the tradition that was uh, initially what what uh, brought the character to life and and to endear the character to so many people. You have to have to stay true to that, but you do strike the balance between that and and moving forward. And as you say, put your own stamp on it a bit. And you know, there are certain little tiggerisms that are there now that were never there before me. And the same with Pooh. So it's uh, it's 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 wonderful. I, you know, it's a great process, and I, I just adore it. I'm 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 crazy for it. I love it. I you know I love my career, and I. I'm just so grateful. Now, I guess, you know, when you go through your career and, and characters like that, like you said, you have to make it sound like uh, the character first and foremost. Now, there are a lot of characters that you have done that are solely um, your own character, you know, somebody that you have created. And, and going back and, you know, your list goes on and on of credits beyond just Disney, you know, but some that... Uh, I personally have as favorites, you know, you have like Darkwing Duck and, and items like that. I, I, I guess, how does it feel to have a character like that where it's, it's fresh, it's new, it's yours. And, uh, how do you go about tackling that? Especially in the case as Darkwing Duck, because I feel that that show just, it was a fantastic show. And, uh, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to see him come back one day. Yeah. So would I, yeah. Darkwing is one of my all time favorites. You know, I mean, uh, you know, it's, I guess, you know, most of the uh, characters I've done have been, uh, you know, have kind of come from me, at least vocally. You know, uh, so uh, you know, and, I, and Darkwing, you you nailed it. He's one of he's one of my all time favorites, no doubt about it. He and Ray and Don Carnage and uh, well, there's any number of them, but uh, but he was a good example. He uh, the way I approach it is um, again, it's uh, you know, you have to use the producer's vision, the directors uh, and the animators, and and uh, you know, you're looking at him, and and since he's not 500 pounds, he's not going to sound like he's going to be, you know, extremely huge. You know, he was more of a smaller fellow, and but he was very sarcastic, and he had a huge personality, and he was the terror that flapped in the night, etc. But you knew that, uh, and uh, <laughs> you know, you put all the various elements uh, together, uh, the way he looks, uh, his personality, and uh, they knew that um, they didn't want to go super cartoony with him uh you know they they had to be uh an element of, of reality in there because he was after all he was a dad you know uh and uh, he had a secret identity and uh you know he was kind of like part batman i guess in there uh in that sense and uh, he was a non-super superhero but you, you just kind of put all those elements together and uh and you, you kind of use that as a starting point and from there, you know, you work with the writers, producers, directors, and uh, you know, you're off to the races. Yeah, Darkwing is is one of my favorites. I'm 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 glad you mentioned him. He's, I, I you know, I joke around with uh, Tad Stones, who is a, uh, I, I jokingly call him Darkwing's dad. He is uh, the creator of Darkwing Duck, and he he gets a lot of the uh, the same things. Like whenever I'll appear at a Comic Con or or any or even interviews like this, people say, "Well, where's Darkwing? Where's he coming back?" So I know that um you know there there's a there's enough interest out there so uh, i'll tell you what if you start working on them i'll start working on them and we'll get darkwing back i'm thinking at least a nice bodacious made for dvd right <laughs> <laughs> Or two or three. Oh, definitely i think uh i think the fans would love that as well yes indeed <laughs> yes i not would well if they're listening start getting those cards and letters folks <laughs> send them in to 
Disney Central. I'm not sure who, but, you know, <laughs> start right. harassing the right people. Oh, and definitely. And we'll be there for you. <laughs> oh, I think, you know, Darkwing is one of those characters that uh, he's endearing, and I think that uh, I think that they should bring him back. I do. Superheroes are hot now. It'd be a good time. I couldn't agree more. We need him now more than ever. now moving forward like i said your list of credits goes on and on i'll tackle at least one more disney before we make some rounds on some other topics here but uh um also voicing pete um you know it's funny because when i think of pete i think back to the old days when pete was always just the main villain and now he still is the villain but he almost has this enduring lovable villain quality about him and uh i have to say even my kids uh you know they they tend to love pete for some reason um i guess what are some of your favorite aspects of you know voicing pete and the character well you know it's pete's a good one too he's he's a classic character you know he's a kind of tied for first place as far as the oldest disney character he was in steamboat willie you know uh with mickey right and uh, he's been around, and he went. Uh, he's gone through a lot of uh, peg leg Pete, and for a while, you never saw him without a cigar, and he always needed a shave, and he was never the nicest guy on the block. But uh, for Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, we had to, you know, they they needed, well, you know, they needed a villain. Quote, and there's large quotes around villain in this particular case because it's a it's a show for little ones, so you're not going to really have any fire breathing, you know, zombie. Nazis from Mars and Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, but we still have to have some friction. So Pete is kind of like, um, oh, the the bit the big kid who's uh, you know a little too too gangly for his own good, and and he's not really a villain, but he's certainly not. He, you know, he's there to provide friction, you know, and to, to give uh, Mickey and and Donald uh, some grief, uh, mostly just because it's like I say, you know, you can't have a full blown bad guy. Uh, for Mickey Mouse's clubhouse, but uh, so he's a little softer, gentler Pete at this point. But um, you know, for instance, a few years ago, uh, we did some made-for-DVD uh, uh, things, and uh, the Three Musketeers, the Mouse, Three Musketeers, was uh, really just—I just thought it was wonderful. And uh, Pete went from full-blown villain to. Uh, you know, he, he got his comeuppance in that one, that's for sure. But, they, you know, so they it just depends on the venue. For instance, like in The Three Musketeers, uh, Pete was back to full-blown bad guy. He was he was going to get many, and he was throwing people in dungeons and trying to drown them and everything. He was he was bad Pete then, and Peg Leg as well. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he the old Pete pop, pops up every now and then. But, but for Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, it's the kinder, gentler Pete. You know, it's the the piece that your four year old can watch, and and he doesn't even need a shave. So see, he he's been reformed. <laughs> well, you know, both my children, both my boys, uh, you know, they're they're younger, and uh, uh, it's funny because they love Pete on Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, but they also really enjoy uh, the Pete from the Three Musketeers. Uh, they love that as well, and. Uh, um, I think my youngest son is obsessed with watching Pete and Mickey duel it out with swords. So, <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> well, I try my best, but I, it always ends the same way. That darn mouse. <laughs> <laughs> now, your list goes on and on. Like I said, you have a resume that is beyond belief, especially in the Disney, you know, community. Um, you know that a lot of the Disney fans know. You know, from Quack Pack, Goof Troop, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Um, you know, so let's veer from that a little bit and. Let's go way back, and, and, and how about uh, you know doing uh, items like uh, Captain Caveman, who is another wonderful character that uh, 
needs to come back for the new generation, I believe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, he, he doesn't work much, but he's out there. I think, I think I've been Captain Caveman a few times in a few video games and, uh, <laughs> and uh, things like that. Um, yeah, he's one of my more refined guys, you know. And, of course, he was uh, a Mel Blanc uh, uh, character originally. So, you know, I, I, uh, I'm always honored to, you know, fill those shoes. When I can, but uh, yeah, Captain Caveman, he's he's a different guy. He and uh, Dick Dastardly and a few of the uh, Hanna Barbera Hanna Barbera characters, you know, sneak in every now and then. Right, and uh, when it comes to uh, some of the newer things, of course, Star Wars is always hot, and the Clone Wars, and you know, you've done so many voices. You know, I'm sure it's hard to even keep track. But uh, with a lot of the newer things and newer projects that you have on the horizon, uh, you know, recently. Uh, I guess, what are some of the newest characters and newest roles that you've been voicing as of recently that, uh, you know, just have been outstandingly fun to do? Oh, well, gosh, uh, there, uh, there's a new uh, Disney show uh, that is in production. I'll be doing a few episodes later today called Sophie the First, and um, I don't want to spoil the ending. But uh, <laughs> but it's uh, an animated little show, uh, show about uh, a little girl who um, goes from sort of rags to riches, and uh, it's kind of got that uh, you love about every Disney tale. There's a princess in there. There's talking animals. There's a bad guy. There's a, there are castles, kings and queens, uh, and uh, and uh, rumor has it there's a there's also a, a talking raven in there. And his name is Wormwood, and he's also me. So, uh, and uh, you're just going to have to wait, wait for that baby to hit the silver screen to uh, to uh, get any more out of me. But um, so there's that, uh, Sophie the First, and of course, uh, as you said, uh, Clone Wars. I'm Hondo Onaka on on uh, Clone Wars, and I, I'm really nuts about Hondo too. He's one of my favorites. He's uh, he's kind of a a lovable rogue. He's, definitely a rogue he's not he's not a good guy but he's also not a bad guy he thinks of himself more of a it is a business you see you know he's he's sort of fancies himself as a, a little more sophisticated than he probably is uh and he gives obi-wan a, a a tough time uh you know and the the, this, the uh the precursors to uh you know when when uh, uh darth vader was uh back in the day and uh, before he was that guy, and, uh, <laughs> and that's a great, great show. Uh, and uh, well, let's see. There's a movie. I'm going to say it's coming out in September called Zambezia, and uh, I get to uh, <laughs> I get I get to beat up Samuel L. Jackson. How about that? No, but uh, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm Budzo, the uh, the African uh, sort of a, a warlord. Uh, and he's a giant monitor lizard who really is very, very fond of eating exotic birds' eggs. And you can see where this is going. <laughs> and uh won't be spoiling the ending there, but uh, but Samuel L. Uh, ends up winning. Uh, <laughs> and I end up losing because I'm the bad guy, but that's all right. Every now and then that happens. You can't always be winning the poo. And uh, so that'll be coming out, I believe, I want to say next uh, September. And uh, a few different things out there. Uh, uh, the latest Scooby Doo was just released, and uh, it's uh, uh, the vampire Scooby Doo and the Vampire Song, and it's kind of interesting. It's the first time that there was a full blown musical uh, Scooby Doo, and I'm uh, I'm the, the the singing Cajun uh, in the in the very 
uh, beginning of the movie, you'll you'll hear a song start off, and and it's me again. I'm, I'm typecast again, the singing Cajun, kind of like uh, Ray from Princess and the Frog, but nothing like him. So there you have it. There's a little mini capsule of what's happening these days. Right, you know, and uh, 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 singing Scooby-Doo, you know, that would uh, movie is definitely something that's unique. And that's also, you know, you that's not the first time that, of course, singing. And, and like you said, um, I guess I was going to segue to this a little bit later, but since you touched upon it, you know, being Ray and Princess and the Frog, I mean, um, as an avid Disney fan, my daughter, she just loves Princess and the Frog. And um, many people thought it was the rebirth of classic hand-drawn animation with Disney. And um, the film is just, it's magical beyond belief. It's in the parks, and and Ray is such an endearing character that I mean, there's so much emotion there, um, even down to his finale at the end when you know when he joins up uh, Evangeline. I guess how was it to bring that character to life? Because you know, without Ray, um, a lot of those bio scenes just they wouldn't have that same punch as Ray is with Lewis. Yes, well, I'm I'm glad you like it. Thank you. Yeah, that was so 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 dear to my heart. I I um. Gosh, it just had everything for me. You know, I when I was a kid, I was a deckhand on a riverboat in New Orleans, and that's where I uh, picked up the Cajun accent. It's a very odd one. It's not. It's um, a lot of those guys. They don't. They don't sound like they're from the South or the North. They don't even sound like they're from America. You know, so uh, it was. A, it was a challenge just to understand them. In they were speaking English, uh, so so uh, I was able to call upon my own. Uh, you know, life experiences to to bring that role to life, and then you know, I'm I, New Orleans is kind of my uh, my second hometown, if you will. I've uh, you know I moved there in '72, uh, and uh, you know right out of high school, and I just had the time of my life there. I designed and painted Mardi Gras floats. I was a deckhand on a riverboat, a singer in a band, blah blah blah. So all that was very deeply ingrained in me. And heck, your Princess and the Frog even had food, and I'm a foodie. You know, I'm a, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an amateur sort of. Uh, uh, chef cook wannabe and uh, I mean my goodness it had it all it had New Orleans it had all the, the jazz music Cajun music and uh, it, it was just uh, you know I, I told myself if, if I don't get this one I'm going to hate myself because I'm going to end up hearing these songs and seeing this movie a thousand times because my little girl Gracie she's seven Gracie's seven and Lulu is uh, four and a half and I knew that when it came out on DVD I was going to be hearing it a hundred times a, you know a month and so I, I knew I had to get into this movie or else I would you know end up kicking myself and you know fortunately the gods were smiling and uh and I snuck in, but Ray is one of my all-time favorites. She's, uh, you know, I just, just love, love the movie. I love the story. I loved, the, you know, it was just magical. And and of course the, the music, Randy Newman's music was just phenomenal. And uh, you know, uh, Ron and John, you know, the the Clements and Musker team, they're they're pretty bodacious. They they just crank them out. They've got the golden touch, and I was just so honored to be there. Right, you know, and and like I said, I mean the the music in that film is so memorable, and much like you, my daughter, you know, she's she's uh, almost six, and it, you know, it, I can't picture a day when we're probably not hearing something from Princess and the Frog. So <laughs> now, um, you know, with a lot of the work you've done, I guess, um, you know, voice acting and and items like that, um, that's going to bring me to a lot of times as a voice actor, you're always doing uh, smaller bits as well. You know, they need extra voices, they need some back work, they need you know the crowd and the audience is there a time when you're watching uh movies or television or you're in the background and uh you're like i think that's me doing that you know and you got to recall the moment 
Uh, a couple times, yeah. I've had a few uh, TV commercials that, that are kind of like that. Uh, you'll you'll do them, and uh, you know they put them on the shelf for about three or four months, and then be in the other room, and you'll hear something about what was that? What was that? Rustoleum? What was that? Cheerios? What that? Raisin? Oh wait, that was me. You know, it's one of those. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it actually that uh, happens mostly. Uh, I'm just uh, being Mr. Announcer, or 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 doing a promo or something, and not not particularly doing a. A bodacious character voice. It'll be more like next on the Big Bang Theory. You know, blah 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 on TBS. Very funny. You know, and I go, huh? Rings a bell. Oh wait, that was me. That's why. You know, <laughs> and uh, because because when it's the characters, you know, when it's uh, you know, if it's a regularly scheduled program, I can tune in and there's no mystery. But if it just pops up, yeah, it uh, it'll it'll come out of uh, out of out of left field and uh, it even catches me by surprise and uh, and sometimes I'll be sitting there with you know one of my kids in the room or, or uh, <laughs> you know one of my friends and something will come on and, and they'll just be talking and I'm waiting to see if anybody notices and they never do they never know it's me they just go oh, okay uh, well actually my, my seven-year-old does Gracie does she goes daddy that's you are you the soundtrack of this that's her way of asking me. She said, are you the soundtrack of that? And I said, yes, I am. You know, and it'll be a Cheez-It spot or something. So it's kind of fun. Right. You know, and those are the things, though, as as an actor like yourself, that, uh, you, you know, you achieved it very well then if it's not always, oh, there's Jim again. Oh, there's Jim again. At least, you know, it's to the point where you're so well and so crafted at, at being an actor like that that, uh you know, you want it to be seamless. You don't want people to notice all the time that it's the same person, and that just means you're really uh, you're pulling off your job as you're supposed to do. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, as long as the <laughs> phone keeps ringing, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. That's. I guess that's that's uh, that's always a good thing. And of course, for anyone that wants to be a voice actor, um, I guess how would you? I, I you know, I guess everyone always says they landed into the role, things like that. I guess um, what are some tips that you would have for somebody trying to build up their uh, voice work in terms of, you know, um, creating characters and changing their voice and, uh, you know, doing those kinds of things as well as, you know, how do you uh, get your foot in the door, you know, with an agent or, or things like that if there's any tips and tricks that you could probably give any of our listeners that is inspiring for that? Sure. Well, you know, uh, you know, I, uh, a lot of uh, VO guys uh, and gals are, are musicians or singers, and, and uh, you know I think if, you, if, you've, if you're bent toward that direction, then definitely pursue that because it's all it's all rhythm and it's all kind of musical and it's all very lyrical. And, and uh, I think uh, you know singers have a, a basic knowledge of even mic technique, uh, for that matter. So even just in the the, the nuts and bolts of it. Uh, you know, any any kind of a musical aptitude you can develop is is a plus. And uh, also, you know, be a sponge. I, I uh, like when I was very young, I would do impressions of family members, uncles and aunts. When you're doing that, you're kind of uh, accidentally creating new characters because people don't know who who your uncle Sam is. And uh, for instance, you know, God rest his soul, my uncle Sam, he's on it like that. And you know, and I grew up, and next thing you know, old Uncle Sam was a dragon. In uh, some medieval tale, there, you know, or an ogre, you know, but but it's already sounded just like that. And so, if you, you just be a sponge, you know, hold on to do impressions of your friends. And the, the good news is, if um, you do a bad impression of a famous person, and they don't, nobody can recognize it. Don't worry about it. It's a new character. <laughs> it's a free new character. 
You know, if you do the worst John Wayne uh, in the world and it doesn't sound anything like him, well, so what? You, you've got a free cowboy character in your 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 uh, your quiver there, you know. And uh, uh, you know, just get out there and do community theater, uh, puppet shows, the whole bit. Just uh, develop that instrument and uh, get out there and do it. And you know, pursue your strong points. Uh, with me, when I first started, it was all characters driven. Uh, Things I, I I couldn't do a you know a, a home loan commercial with a gun to my head. I just sounded like I was always trying to set up a joke, and it took me years to realize. I said, "Well, think of the announcer as a character, the announcer man, or you know, coming to a theater near you. You know, you can. That's a character now. You know, take take the approach." <laughs> And, uh, because, uh, you know, I was very intimidated just doing straight copy, you know, you know, the, uh, the, the B of A, we're, we're out to get your business because our business is building the board, blah, blah, blah. And I couldn't do that with a gun to my head, but now I, it's, uh, you know, you just get out there and you develop it and, and think of it as a character, think of it as an acting job and, um, and, uh, don't stop. You know, don't stop. Uh, just make yourself a demo tape and then cut that in half because it's going to be too long and shop it around to this agency and that agency. And there's a lot of different ways to get into the business now. Take a workshop. They're all over the place. It's uh, easily done. And what's what's kind of nice, it's, well, it's good news and it's bad news because the competition is so much more intense nowadays because you've got, you know, I used to do Duracell commercials, but now uh, Jeff Bridges is doing them and uh he's probably making a lot more money than i would have <laughs> so uh you know uh so it's from the top down from academy award winners like jeff bridges or gene hackman all the way down to some guy in omaha sitting there in his uh skivvies doing radio promos now because he can do it over the internet so just pursue every avenue and just keep on going and, and don't give up and uh, you know, it takes a full-time commitment to have a part-time career. So just get in there and do it. They, you know, I always say they weren't looking for me when I showed up. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> right. You know, and it's always that persistence and the drive and, and everything else. And, you know, I think that's great advice for any of our Disney On Demand listeners out there that, you know, are expiring for this and really want to get into the business. Now, um, you know, getting back to some of the fun things, of course, and, and your resume. And like you said, we've already talked about some of the newer things you're doing. Um, let's delve back to a couple of the uh, older classics again. And, um, you know, a couple of things that uh, I think Disney fans out there and our uh, Disney On Demand listeners will know is, uh, you know, doing shows like Bonkers, Gargoyles, um, Gummy Bears. I mean, uh, are those shows that just you look back now and uh, with the same kind of admiration as you had at the time doing them? Um, you know, and what, I guess what kind of piece of memory or, or um, fun tidbit on the set or things like that, you know, when you're in the studio working on these that, uh, you know, kind of left with you as you, you know, move forward in your career? Oh, well, gosh, there's so many wonderful things that have happened. You know, I, um, I, uh, you know, I got to work with the, uh, Sherman brothers, uh, any number of times. And that was always such an incredible honor. And as you know, we lost half of them, you know, Dick is gone. And, uh, they, they were just, uh, amazing moments, uh, because I, you know, I got to sing, uh, you know, they wrote all the music for Jungle Book, of course, and the original Winnie the Pooh. And, uh, you know, meeting them was just 
just an amazing thing. They were they were just uh, they were so incredibly unique. Uh, you know, you have one that's very outgoing, and the other that's dry, droll, and acerbic. And they told me the story of um, how they they went uh, originally to see Louis Prima, Sam Butera, and uh, the gang uh, to to uh, tell them their idea about using them for uh, Jungle Book when they wrote the music for Jungle Book and give me the bare necessities. And of course, King Louis was done by Louis Prima. And, uh, oh, they do. I want to be like you. Whoa, whoa. And I, uh, I've been on to sing that song many, many times. And, uh, just, uh, the story of how they went there and, and they pretended to be angry with the Sherman brothers, Louis and Sam. Uh, he said, so in other words, you think we just look like monkeys? You want us to come out there and just be a bunch of screaming crazy monkeys for your little movie? They kind of looked at each other and they said, yeah. And they go, oh, why did you say so? You know, they, they totally <laughs> played, played them. It was, it was great, you know, and, and, uh, my goodness, working with people like Carol Channing, uh, I could tell you one really funny story. It's been around, uh, Many people have heard it, so I don't think I'm too far out of school. She she showed up to do a Chippendale Rescue Rangers with the great Carol Channing. And she was, you know, fantastic. And she was Carol Channing, and it was called Hello, Doggy, instead of Hello, Dolly. And uh, she was sitting there, and she had a very starched, uh, what would it be, a crinoline or linen uh, blouse on, and she's very animated. And she would move around a lot, and... It was, uh, as I say, it was quite starched, apparently, uh, uh, and it was just making a ton of noise. The engineer was driving himself crazy trying to record her without getting, sounding like she was, you know, folding a newspaper uh, the entire time. And so he came out and remiked it, and she said, oh, sweetie, I'm sorry, I just have to move. It's just in my blood. I can't sit still. He said, oh, yes, Miss Jenning, that's no problem. Tries it again, and ching, 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 you know, all this noise, it's rushing in the background. And she says, you know what, sweetie, just bring a hanger. And she stood up and took off her blouse. And we're all just sitting there going, okay, we're standing here watching Carol Channing remove her blouse. And she had on her, uh, you know, her, her underwear, so to speak, with two big giant pads of cotton under each uh, strap. And so she stood there basically just wearing her from the waist up and flailing her arms about saying, oh, listen, look, this is perfect. I'm not making a sound. <laughs> and then she sat down there for uh, the next two hours uh, just completely, you know, without any hesitance whatsoever, performed and she was magnificent and we all just kind of looked straight ahead. We did, you know, it was, it was one of those things where, <laughs> okay, well, we won't be taking pictures at this session. And, uh, oh my gosh, what can I say? We got a few of those out there but <laughs> <laughs> well it's it's things like that that uh i guess make it memorable uh, throughout your career you know for everything from the sherman brothers like you said who i personally had an honor of meeting both of them and you know it's so sad we lost half of them now but uh you know geniuses when it comes to many of the works that they have created that everybody hums every single day and you know and, and everything from you know chanting i mean those are great stories that uh i'm sure you're just filled with throughout your entire oh, career oh yeah got a, got a few of them yeah <laughs> I'll take it. Now, uh, you have to wait for the book. Oh, right, right. That we'll have that. Uh, you know, we'll have the uh, Jim Cummings uh, Cajun biography. You know, shifting gears from voice work. Um, of course, you know you've, uh, like you said, you were a drummer and you played in a, you know, a very successful band called Fusion. Um, can you let us know a little bit more about that for any of our, you know, listeners out there that, yeah, they they know all your many voices, but they're like, oh, 
All right, let's let's check out this uh, this musical side. Well, yeah, I, I you know that's uh, how basically I started. I, I uh, started playing drums and singing professionally because I made ten bucks uh, at, at the age of thirteen, and it was uh, back in Youngstown at the uh, let's see, Our Lady of Mount Carmel Social Hall. I think we had it, there was a dance there, and there were we, there were four of us, and we each got ten bucks to play there. And uh, it was it was it was just amazing, you know. I thought I died and gone to heaven, and uh, so I, you know, I, I definitely pursued that. It's like I, I always say I knew I was going to do something in the arts, um, but uh, except for dancing, I was never in any danger of being a professional dancer. I can assure you, but I knew I would either be singing or acting or painting, and I've done all three of those things so far for a living. So I guess I'm my bucket list is uh, I'm checking that off rather well. But uh, no, I was. You you know, I, it, it's great because I was the lead singer in the California Raisins, and uh, again, no dancing. That was the, the raisin, not me. <laughs> uh, so it's, uh, you know, I successfully turned my uh, the stuff again that used to get me into trouble into a career. So, so that was kind of fun. But yeah, the fusion, my band in New Orleans, we we did rather well. We we kind of made it to opening act status. You know, we opened for. Oh gosh, the uh, uh, Atlanta Rhythm Section and uh, this back in the seventies, and the Almond Brothers and people like that. And then, you know, it's uh, it's funny. I I knew that if I was ever going to be in a band and do that, uh, uh, pursue that, that I'd be on the road uh, most of the time. And also, you're kind of dependent on uh, you know hoping the the bass player doesn't get. Uh, divorced or married or join the army or fill in the blank or, you know, quit and join the priesthood and then you're stuck again, <laughs> you know, <laughs> replacing him. So I needed to, to, uh, switch over to something that relied totally on me. And that, that's what brought me to, uh, you know, to California in, in 79. And, uh, and here I am talking to you. So I, I guess something worked. Now, uh, is, are any of, uh, do we have any uh, older recordings or anything from Fusion that uh, any of our listeners will be able to find online anywhere, or is it a day gone by? Oh, no. Uh-uh. No, I can't imagine there being anything out there. That would be fun. But, uh, no, I'm, I'm afraid it's all just memories <laughs> at this point. Yeah. I'm, I'm still in touch with my friends in the band, though. Uh, you know, my guys uh, down in New Orleans, Al and Mike and Roland. So, uh, so are there times when uh, uh, you know you're just uh, having fun and you guys kind of get to get together and have a jam session yourself still? Oh yeah, well you know with, with friends uh, in, in California, I'm not uh, not necessarily in New Orleans, but I always sit in with one of my buddies when I'm back down there. You know, and I uh, you know I have a lot of musician friends here in California that I hang out with, but uh, but nothing. You know, no, I, I don't. I don't play in a band anymore. I don't uh, sing out. I'll occasionally do some. Do, I'm heck of a karaoke guy, though. I'll tell you, stand <laughs> back. You know. <laughs> now, um, you know, with your career, it's spanning so much. We've touched upon so many different topics. Um, you know, I don't want to keep it too long, of course. But um, when it comes to your career, and you know, of course, you know, this is a, a you know for all of our Disney fans out there as well. Um, I guess, uh, I guess, what is your, I guess, the one thing that after this is all said and done, after it's all completed, um, you know, you're, you're kind of there, you're, you're, you know, uh, old, old, old man, and you're just kind of looking back, uh, I guess, what's the, the one thing, if you can wrap that up, uh, that you're going to leave with it all and, and kind of remember with a fondness and that smile on your face? Well, gosh, that's a good question. Well, uh, as long as I, you know, I, it's the kind of a thing that, um, 
you know, any success that comes to you, you can you can certainly say in in my my business and my career that a, not one toe was stepped upon, and uh, uh, you know I didn't have to do it on the on the backs of any anyone to uh, you know no eggs were harmed in making this particular omelet, you know, um, and so that's kind of nice. And uh, you know, as long as I brought a smile to uh, to a few people's faces out there and. Uh, made a positive contribution and uh you know it it it, it may not be like uh you know shakespeare but uh, but it, you know as long as i can can kind of say at the end of the day that uh i gave it a good run and uh stayed true to myself and uh made some people happy then i'll take it i'll take it you know and i i love i love my children and i love uh, I, I love children period and you know there's nothing like seeing a, a a smile on those little faces and uh, I've been so blessed to um to help you know what whether it's uh, reading at schools or visiting kids in the hospitals or working with the famous phone friends or the Make-A-Wish Foundation um you know those little things those little moments when Winnie the Pooh can call a a little one who's sick in in the hospital on their birthday or at Christmas or Hanukkah fill in the blank you know uh those those moments where you know, it just hurts the family to see their their little one down or whatever. And I, for Pooh to be able to call them or Tigger to be able to call them on the telephone and brighten their day. You know, I've got some really incredible stories along those lines. And, um, you know, we'd be reaching for the, the tissues if I, if I delve into that box. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's it's just a blessing. And to know that I can... I can uh, just bring that kind of joy and happiness into those little lives, and and their their moms and dads too. You know, it's a it's just a blessing, and I'll and I'll take it. You know, right? You know, and I think uh, you know that's the kind of thing that you want to look back at. You know, in your career, in your in your field, and um, you know the great moments, and and like you said, those touching moments, and and anything you can do for children and families, and you know, being a father of three kids myself, it's it's uh, it's the kind of thing where once you have children. Um, you look at the world in an entirely different way and, and, and you feel for the parents, you feel for the children uh, all around. And, you know, those are the moments that you live for. Oh, yes. Amen to that. Now, uh, I guess you know, we'll wrap things up here with you. I don't want to keep you too long, although we could probably talk your head off forever. But uh, like you said, you have some studio work to do later, so we don't want to uh, totally tear up your voice. Um, but, you know, it was a pleasure having you on here on Disney On Demand. And all of our listeners out there I know are, are going to be ecstatic listening to you and... Uh, um, you know, I'm sure we're going to be seeing you and hearing you and uh, everything else in many years to come. And uh, it was our pleasure having you on. I hope so. Well, thank you very much, Jonathan. And um, I would like to say thank you, too, from the 100 Acre Wood. This is Pooh Bear stay, saying, stay just as sweet as honey. Oh, yeah. And uh, do me a flavor. This is Tigger, of course. Don't forget to live happily ever after. And keep on bouncing. <laughs> Of all, we need the food.
some homemade apple butter. Yeah? What a dink. I got something for you. Now that's right, neighborly. <laughs> what is it? Don't rightly know. I found it in my belly button. <laughs> now get lost! Well, sir, it was right then and there that that little mouse decided to start a feudin' with mean old Pete. All of you D-heads, I hope you enjoyed Jim Cummings. I want to extend a very gracious, once again, thank you to the one and only Jim Cummings, who stopped in here in Disney On Demand, took the time out of his schedule in between recording even today, and thank you, Jim, for stopping in. I definitely appreciated it, and I know all of our Disney listeners here at Disney On Demand appreciate it as well. Definitely stop back anytime, and, you know, we love you. We love your characters and definitely enduring people, and I hope Darkwing Duck does make that return. So, all of you Disney friends, I hope you enjoyed this week's show of Disney On Demand. We have all kinds of fun, so you know what? I'm going to gear you up for the next show. Yes, show number 14. We're going to keep it into the animation realm, and we're going to have the one and only Goofman here himself. Yes, Goofy. We're going to have the one and only Bill Farmer 
here on Disney On Demand. That's right, Bill Farmer, the voice of Goofy, who is recently celebrating his 25th anniversary as the voice of Goofy, is going to stop in and talk with us here at Disney On Demand. He's going to talk about this legacy, how he got the role of Goofy, and his newest company that he's doing along with his son. So a lot of great things that are going to be lined up. I know you're going to love Bill. We love Bill, and, uh, you know, come on, you got to love Goofy. Bill Farmer is definitely one that is going to be enjoyable. So all of you Disney friends, all you Disney family, I want to thank you once again. And remember all the different ways that you can show that you like the show. Definitely find us in iTunes, look up Disney On Demand, and leave us a feedback, leave us some comments, and definitely leave us that feedback in iTunes. It would be greatly appreciated. Leave your comments and questions, your voicemails that you can find on our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. You can also officially like our official fan page on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disney On Demand and follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash Disney Blue and that's B-L-U. So all the fun ways that you can stay connected and as always you are my family. You are the ones that you know when we're all just singing along we want to break out in the song at any time of the day. We know it's a Disney moment of the day. We all love the parks. We love the fantasy. We love the movies. We love the television shows and we love the characters. If it's one thing that Disney has taught us over the years, it's how to be a family, how to keep it fun, keep your imaginations real, and keep going and looking farther as we keep moving forward. So all of you Disney friends, all my Disney family, it's time to say goodbye once again. Relive the magic, the memories, and your appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. Pass it on down to your family and friends. And until next week, you can find me online, find me in the social medias, and uh, get ready for Bill Farmer next week once again. Thank you, all of you D-Heads. It is humbling for you to want us to come back and do these shows for you. Talk to you next time. Once a lonely caterpillar sat and cried To a sympathetic beetle by his side I've got nobody to hug I'm such an ugly bug Then a spider and a dragonfly replied If you're serious and want to win a bride Come along with us To the glorious annual ugly bug ball Come on, let's crawl Gotta crawl, gotta crawl To the ugly bug ball To the ball, to the ball And a happy time we'll have there One and all at the ugly bug ball While the crickets clicked their tricky melodies All the ants were fancy dancing with the fleas Then up from under the ground The worms came squirming around Oh, they danced until their legs were nearly lame Every little crawling creature you could name Everyone was glad What a time they had They were so happy they came Come on, let's crawl To the ugly bug ball And a happy time we'll have there One and all at the ugly bug ball
our caterpillar saw a pretty queen. She was beautiful in yellow, black, and green. He said, would you care to dance? Their dancing led to romance. Then she sat upon his caterpillar knees. And he gave his caterpillar queen a squeeze. Soon they'll honeymoon, build a big cocoon, thanks to the ugly bug ball. Come on, let's crawl, gotta crawl, gotta crawl, to the ugly bug ball, to the ball, to the ball, and a happy time we'll have there, one and all, at the ugly bug ball. Look how she lights up the sky My belle Evangeline So far above me Yet I Know her heart Belongs to only me Je t'adore Je t'aime Evangeline You're my queen of the night So still, so bright There's someone as beautiful as she Could love someone like me Love always finds a way, it's true And I love you, Evangeline Love is beautiful, love is wonderful, love is everything, do you agree, <laughs> may we? Look how she lights up the sky, I love you, Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.